And welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Grubel, known to my friends as Marv. And this time I am speaking with John from the Basement Surge podcast. Hey, John, thanks for speaking with me today. Hi, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Basically, I mean, as far as I've got, because we're going to probably reiterate this again in a, in a moment, mm-hmm. um, but... Where I've got to in your show, it's still yourself and your friend Frank uh, doing the show. And basically, you just talk about, it seems like you just talk about, is, is it like you're coming up to a new episode and then you, you just talk about what is on your minds at that moment? Pretty much. I mean, that's that's how the show originated. You know, we uh, we were looking for a new hobby, you know, and uh, something to do yep. together. And, uh, you know, so I, I was like, hey, let's try podcasting. And that's what we did. You know, I did all the research. I read all the articles, watched all the videos on YouTube, you know, and uh, did so, so much research into the type of microphone and all the different tech and everything I needed to start. So it took about a month, I think, to to get everything together and uh, and actually do yeah. the episode. And we started in February, uh, February 7th. Uh, we dropped our first episode and, um, you know, it, it, we loved it. You know, we were hooked and uh, it, it's just, it's so much fun. So what was your introduction to podcast in the first place then? How were you introduced to the world? Were you a big podcast listener and lover? <laughs> no, I, w- I wasn't actually, you know, I, I had never listened okay. to a single podcast, you know, uh, everybody goes on and on about Joe Rogan. You know, I had never listened to an episode of Rogan beforehand. Um, you know, and it's just, you know, I, I always liked the audio medium and I, I, I've always wanted to get into radio hosting and radio shows and all that. So, um, so I, I, we, I, I wanted to try it with him, you know, and, uh, and it worked out, but, um, I have to do, I do have to say that ever since I started podcasting, I don't really, I still don't li- really listen to podcasts. You know, I listen okay. to, a, a, I, I listen to a lot of my friends shows, you know, because I've made a lot of connections within the industry and, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of my friends shows and help promote and bring up the, uh, the independent scene. Okay, so um, I don't know whether to delve. Is there, is there any further we could delve into the show history? And so, um, I mean, let's actually touch on this. So, initially, it started as yourself and Frank, and right. it's developed since then more because refined or people will find if they listen to the archive that over time there's a there's a there's difficulty because of Frank's job. He's not always mm. available to make the shows as much, but he still, he still shows up on the show every now and again. So basically it started as just two long time friends. uh, Yeah. Having a chat together with each other and a catch up. Yeah. Well, you know, Frank and I, the way it started, like we, 
we couldn't think of one particular topic to talk about. You know, um, yeah. we everything that I had been reading and watching was telling me that I had to niche down to one specific topic. And I just, I couldn't do that because I loved video games. I love movies. I love comic books. I love, you know, all these different things and I, that I wanted to talk about on the show. And I didn't want to not talk about certain topics just because it doesn't go with the theme of the show. So we decided to start the uh, general discussion podcast where it's just basically two lifelong friends. I, kn I know Frank now for, I want to say, 25 years, almost 30 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a long time. And Frank and I have been best friends since the beginning. And I was like, hey, you know, we have good chemistry on, on air and on microphones. And it was good. And uh, we, we talked a lot about how uh memories and growing up here in brooklyn new york and uh what it was like and you know just things that we love to do and yeah you know, and it works it works out great you know and uh and it was funny because yep. uh the teamwork that frank and i had um he was more of the brash kind of outspoken cursing you know abrasive host where i was yeah. the more reserved you know, like, all right, leveling him out, bringing the show back to where, you know, where it belongs kind of thing. And, you know, so that was my role in the show. And, um, yeah, and and we made, we made a great team. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll uh, respond with, um, I mean, when you've got, a, when you've got a two headed show, you've got two people in the, or more than one person actually doing a show. That's a good thing is when you've got different cap, you've got people who have a similarities to each other in some ways that get on, but they have differences in other ways. Because if you have people in a show that are all exactly the same as each other, there's there's not as much there to grab a per grab people in. I think I think you need different characters to actually make a multi presented show more interesting yeah. because then you get different sides to uh, or different opinions on on subjects occasionally and that's what makes the interesting thing that pulls you into a show i mean absolutely he he would say things you know that were so outlandish you know and i'd just be like oh my god like <laughs> you know like and and i would have to come back at him you know and try to bring him back but like all right, all right you know like but it, it it uh it worked out you know it i think it, it was a good it was a good team effort uh with uh with both of us hosting it i've got this image now of you um you could do it as a cartoon couldn't you or as a comic strip where it's where it's you and you've got uh you've got frank there possibly like one of these children that you've got reins on that you, you have to sort of like rein them <laughs> right. in after a while it's like uh, hello behave behave come, yeah. come back come back to this right yeah yeah and and you know it's funny because um you know not not to put Frank down at all, you know, but it's like I sometimes I'd get uh, comments on the side saying, well, he was too much or, you know, like uh, you got to He's got to watch what he says. And, uh, you know, and it was it, it's hard for to get guests on the show with uh, with, with a co-host like that, you, you know, because no the, the downside of, of him being him is that, you know, sometimes some people don't like that. You know, sometimes uh, guests aren't like that. They don't have the, that kind of sense of humor. They don't have, you know, that kind of attitude. And 
you know, and they wound up walking away from this from the surge with a bad taste, you know, and and I don't want that. Wow. And at, at the same time, you know, it, it's hard getting advertisers, you know, like trying to monetize the show uh, was very difficult. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's just it's something that I had chats with him about, you know, where, listen, you know, we have a guest on. You got to calm down, you know, relax and you know, and, uh, and he would, he would, you know, he'd listen, you know, if, if you listened to Frank from season one, all the way to season four or five, you know, it's totally different. Like he's more reserved, you know, he's more calmed. Okay. I mean, um, you find the same problem with a lot of media. I mean, that's why they have restrictions with normal radio, for instance, and television as well, where you've got, you find that, I mean, we find in the UK that when we have late television shows on, um, because of the nature of them having, you know, language in and things like this, the there's not as much advertising in some of these shows. It's almost as if, oh, we don't want to be our adverts to be in these shows because it's not the image that we want to put across with our product, in right. a sense. And you can sort of see why in some ways, but and, and it's it's a strange situation because um, with those sort of shows, sometimes that's where you find the more creative or the more interesting uh, content coming from in some ways, because you've got that level of emotion in there or that level of, you know, reaction in there that causes these things. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we uh, we we've had a couple of opportunities to actually be on the radio. Uh, we've been approached a couple times. We were on um, yep. we were on radio up in Canada for a time, and uh, and and also at, in the Midwest. And um, but they, I would need to edit out Frank's cursing, you know. And if you've watched the show before, yep. you know, it's like Frank would never talk. You know, so and uh, and it just it would be disingenuous. It would be disingenuous to the show and bring down the value of what the surge was about at the time. You know, so it would be like trying to edit down a uh, Quentin Tarantino film to show it in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You'll have no film left. That, that's what I was trying so, to get well, to, you know, it's like I wanted I wanted to keep the show the same. I didn't want to censor Frank. I didn't want anything to, you know, to do like that. And and, it, you know, but at the same time, that's what limited us to expanding and growing. Yep. Yeah, with my show, I've, I've had the same sort of thing with some of the guests that I have on. Like when when the the one one that really jumps to mind would be when I had the guys from Bad Council. I don't know if you know them, but when they were on my show, mm. I, I had to make a I had to make a serious decision then as to because up until then there was no cursing in the show in my show at all from any of the guests that I'd had or myself. Oh. But because my show, I'm trying to be almost like a soft introduction to these shows that I'm mm. having on as guest. In a way, I had to make the decision then of what do I do about this do I sort of stifle what their show is to match this, well, you know, or no cursing, no this, no, or whatever of my show. And then I just went out with them. I just said, right, you know what? 
let's just merge the two shows together. You do what you do because it's an introduction to your show. And then I just put an expletive warning on. So that's how it changed from then. So I had the same thing. But in a way, that means that then my show, for a lot of the time, I can't be put onto radio as well for some of my shows because there is bad language in them where I just let them, basically the guests, be who they are. Right. Yeah. You, you don't want to kind of censor them to the point where you don't get a true sense of their character, of what the show is about, you know? Yeah, but I don't want to alienate them at the same time where if they're, right. if they're coming on the show and it, it became a joke when uh, before that episode, there's this little thing online where somebody said, oh, Mar Mar Marv with no language in his show and it's always clean and and it became, and it was sort of like, I've, I felt as though they weren't wanting to come onto my show because they mm -hmm. had this understanding that, oh, because it's like that, is going to be stopping me from being able to be who I am. And I thought, even then, I thought, I'm going to have to just accept yeah. that people are who they are. I mean, even I, even I curse from time to time, but. Well, sure. I mean, so do I. I mean, if if you've listened to the solo episodes of Basement Surge that I've done, you know, I'm sure I've cursed in them. You know, like I curse every time, all all the time, really. Yep. You know, and but it, I'm, it's like I'm making a conscious decision now because this isn't my show. This is your show. So I'm making a yep. conscious decision to not use profanity. So you know, at the same time, it it kind of says you know have a little respect for the show that you're on, kind of you know. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't want to make people uncomfortable, which I know you're right. not uncomfortable being yeah. like that anyway. Right. Yeah, I can go either way. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. So what sort of research do you do then before you do a show? And how do you choose what subjects you're going to discuss? Because when I've listened, there's been like general talk between yourselves and then you go into a subject in a way. Like when you've yeah. done the the James Gunn, I'm guessing when you did that discussion, that mm -hmm. you had a conversation between you catch up. Oh, I've been doing this. This has happened in my life, and then you transition over to yeah. the subject. Right. Um, well, there's there's kind of a format to the basement surge, right? So when I first decided to start surge, uh, I want I didn't want it to be like every other podcast out there, right? Um, yeah. What I wanted it to be more like was a TV show. Okay. You have, when the episode starts, you have the intro and then uh, the theme song, really. And then once that's yeah. over, then you start getting into the, the episode. You know, you do all your introductions, you do, hey, follow us here, follow us there. So hit subscribe, all that. And then what we like to do after that was to really uh, catch up with each other. Uh, from what happened during the week, you know, or the past two weeks or whatever. Just a little, we played a little catch-up. And then once with the catch-up was over, and then we got into the meat of the episode. And um, what I liked to, to do was, is that I used to, I didn't script out every episode, but I have uh, an episode planner that I do every single episode. And, uh, and I have just bullet points, you know. I have, first I have the welcome back to the Basin yeah. Surge. Yeah. Kind of like you do. I have I have yep. on the paper. I Same have the welcome I back to the pace to the basement surge, and maybe a few points that I want to talk about within the intro, and then uh, and then bullet points on the topic, the meat of the episode, and what we're going to talk about, and uh, and then at the bottom I have like uh, 
the outro, you know, things I don't want to forget to mention to promote, you know, stuff like that. So it, it's, uh, it, I do quite a bit of research or I, I like to sometimes, you know, do a lot of research, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, a lot of the episodes that we do like that James Gunn episode, um, was really off the yep. cuff because Frank and I, we knew, we know comic books like the back of our hands. So, you know, we grew up loving them. Uh, so we didn't have to really do too much research. But what had happened at the time of the episode when it came out, uh, James Gunn had recently taken over and he had fired Henry Cavill as Superman. He made all these changes within the DC universe. And, uh, and we felt the need to get the word out that you know we we weren't uh, we weren't liking what's happening, so we made the episode, and that's how that episode came about. But you know th there are a lot of episodes where, uh, especially um, the first I want to say four seasons, uh, I really sat down and planned out each and every episode basically like a month or two in advance. So I had everything planned out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, whereas me on my first episode, I contacted the first uh, one of the guests, um, uh, Robbie from Out of the Blank, and I said, "Oh, I'm starting this show, uh, blah blah blah." And uh, yeah, would you would you like to be on it as a guest? And this, that, and the other. So I had it, the idea of starting the show a week or two down the line, and then he just looked at what notes I'd got and he said, "Oh, I'm I'm up for this." He said. I'll start the chat now and we'll do your show now. So there's me thinking, oh, I'm going to start a week or two down the line. <laughs> right. Suddenly it's, oh, no, we'll do it now. I, I, I don't mind recording this now. Yeah. So that caught me out. But in a sense, no matter what you do with podcast, there's that moment where you have to make that decision and you have to almost, it's almost like cliff diving where eventually you have to jump. Yeah, it really it. is. And it is almost like that, yeah. Yeah, it really is because the I remember the first time Frank and I ever sat down to record and he uh it was after work so it was like a little bit late at night and um we're just sitting in our in my kitchen and we're pouring getting our drinks ready and to come down here to the basement studio and uh and I was like all right you ready let's do it and uh and we came down here we sat at the table and uh and we just hit record and I was like, all right, because I, I, had, I had done a lot of research, like I said, you know, and I, I had kind of known how I wanted the show's format to be. So I kind of knew that, like, all right, the first episode has to be like an introduction episode you know, to us and who we are and kind of thing, you know. So that's kind of like where the welcome back to the basement search thing came from, because I said it in the beginning in the first episode. I was like, hey guys, welcome to the basement surge. Kind of like that, you know, like old plain Jane. Now I'm like, welcome back. You know, like I, I yell it in the beginning of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I get a little nuts, you know. So it's like uh, but so things evolve. You you find your groove, you know, you get you you're a little uncomfortable at first. You don't you're hitting the microphone boom arm, you, you know, you're hitting the mic, you're touching things, and it's just you know. You work all that out, and uh, and you get better as as the episodes go on. <laughs> yep, and you get more, uh, like you said, you get livelier when you first do, when you first start. You, but then again, do you find that? I mean, I do it sometimes. I've done it on a seasonal basis where I've taken a break for a while yeah. and then come back. Do you find that when you come back, it's almost like you have to grow back into it again, or is it 
for you is it natural that you're just in the zone straight away um well we're approaching 100 episodes right and um so we we've done this a while and because not many podcasts actually reach the milestone of 100 episodes uh but at the same time we also do video we do live streaming on facebook you know live streaming on youtube and uh so i'm used to the camera you know and it was funny because uh last summer i had taken six months off from the show and uh yeah. and I, I was kind of like like depressed like i wanted to get back i needed to get back it was like an like an addiction you know i need to get back in front of the camera and front of the microphone like I, I need to do this right and uh when i finally came back it was like I, I i came back like like it was yesterday you know i was so comfortable in front of the mic you know i i missed it so much and i just i i i was i had that that excitement that energy back and it was great for me it wasn't awkward at all or to try to get back into the groove no i i, I never got out of the groove <laughs> no, no. I don't think I go away long enough to be out of the groove. I get, I get. The last time I did it, I, I, I was going to take a break, and I found after a, even after a week, I was like, oh, I'm bored. I've got to put something out, and then yeah. I basically that's when I created. Um, they need to come back again after I got back because I was poorly and I stopped doing the the shows while I was mm -hmm. poorly. Luckily, I had a backlog of episodes to put out, and somebody actually stood up and said, I'll, I'll do a couple of episodes for you, uh, which was great. Shout out to Sean from Review It Yourself for covering for two episodes. Great job, Sean. Um, yeah, he did a fabulous job. But then I picked subjects that were close to him, in a sense, for him to chat about, because he's a reader. One was about books, and the other one was about audio drama, and he mm -hmm. loves both. So uh, it sort of fitted with him, in a sense. Um, so I started doing something called the Pod Files, which was basically uh, ten to twenty minute long, just me talking about things that stood out in ep in pods that I've listened to. Um, so I'm, I basically came up with that because I was bored and I wanted to put content out, and I just got addicted to the podcasting thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to lead into something then, and I can't remember what it was. But <laughs> so you do you do these conversations with people, you know, between you know, or on your show. I mean, now it's a one editor, and you talk to people. But then again, you had the guest in the in the episode before. How do you pick the guest, and mm -hmm. how do you then arrange for them to get on the show? Um, well, normally. It's me. Uh, if if I if I'm in um, how do I word this? If I, if if I need a quick guest for an episode because I'm either running out of time or it's close to another episode dropping, uh, I have a couple of friends that I can call on that I know in the podcasting world who run other shows. Be like, hey, you know, come on my show. You know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Um, so I have a bunch of friends that I can call on um, from various podcasts. Uh, as far as setting up other guests from people I don't know, um, yeah, it's really just about yeah. reaching out. You know, you find certain people, interesting people on, on socials, on faith, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and you just message them. 
you know that that's what i do you know i find if i find that that they're interesting that i like that usually they're other podcasters so you know i'll i'll like their show you know i'll listen to their show already and i'll be like hey you guys want to come on you know let's just talk about this and cross promote you know and that's basically it i've just realized you're talking about uh earlier on about the love of being comics so I've, I've just realized I'm, I'm wearing a Loki t-shirt in case that means anything to anybody. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm wearing I'm baseball, my uh, Los Angeles Dodgers t-shirt. So. <laughs> yep. Who used to be um, the Dodgers? Were, which part of were they the Brooklyn Dodgers? Yeah, the Brooklyn Dodgers back in 1957. Yep. And then they moved to LA. I know. Baseball, Traders. one of our favorite sports. so how do you record well it'd be different would it each time so when you were recording with frank or with your daughter and then you've had your wife on as well you'll record in the studio there with them i'm guessing two mics i'm guessing you've got and then you just do it that way record there and then so how do you record those shows and how do you record the shows that you have guests with guests on well, uh, I have the camera set up here, you know, because uh, we do it as a vodcast. We have a YouTube channel. Um, yep. So I set it up and I have this whole set behind me, like you can see. And, um, you know, it's just I have two mics. I have another three mics here in the studio. So we can just sit around the table here and just chat. Um, but if I have another guest on that can't come into the studio or who's in another state or whatever, you know, we do it on StreamYard normally and then uh you know and then i just recorded on Streamyard, kind of like what we're doing now and uh you know and then uh there's a whole production process i mean i mean listening to your sound you've got uh have you got baffling in place and that because it's got a real there's no echo there at all it's a 19 sound not like me at all i've got no sound thing at all in this room at the moment you can hear my well, echo I, I don't through your headphones yeah, well, I don't, I don't like it. It sounds like you're in a big room, but um, for me, I don't. If you see, I don't have any soundproofing on the walls. I don't, I don't have any of the padding or nothing. Um, but what I do have is a lot of crap around the studio. So uh, because, and it's a, it's not that big of a room either. You know, the ceilings, I can like, I, I can touch them here. I could touch the ceilings just sitting here. And uh, so it, it's kind of a relatively small room, and it doesn't give a lot of room for the uh, sound to bounce around, and uh, and it sounds good. Plus, I'm running. Wow. Uh, plus, I'm running on an SM7B here uh, through into a Rodecaster, which helps a lot with the filtering. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask this now. Is it called the Basement Surge because you're recording in a basement, or is there another name for the another reason for the name of the show? uh the basement surge the name came about because again when frank and i started it you know me and frank wanted to name the show after something we loved uh this basement this room this studio uh was the hangout for us when we were kids okay uh when we were 15 16 years old we used to hang out and spend every day down here we used to play games we did we did everything down here so, uh, so I wanted to name it basement something. And, uh, 
you know, and then we came up with Surge because Surge was a popular soda back in the 90s made by Coca-Cola. Yep. And uh, and we drank that basically exclusively back in the 90s. And uh, so that's where it came from, the basement Surge, the place where we loved and the drink that we loved, we put it together. <laughs> yeah, because in one of the episodes, you actually joke about it and mention that you, that you went from Surge to drinking something called Vault. Yeah, Vault. Uh, that uh, it, it was a knockoff of Surge. They tried to bring it back, but uh, I, I think the reason why they took Surge off the market was because moms were complaining that it had too much sugar or caffeine or something for the kids. So, and back in those days, I don't think they had really energy drinks at, the, at those times. No, and nowadays you find kids wandering around drinking Red Bull and all those things all the time now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I have a can of Surge back there. Uh, I have two of them, but uh, yeah, I bought them on Amazon, I think, like two or three years ago. Can't find There you are. Here I am. <laughs> Jinxed it. <laughs> Jinxed it with that comment earlier. Yep, yep. So where, where did the music come from for the show? The music I had gotten from um, Epidemic Sounds. And I had downloaded it. I, I bought it. Uh, I have the license for it. So I can legitimately use it. So what? So after we after I got the, the music, I was like, well, it's kind of too plain. You know, so I, uh, I, I added my voice. I recorded my voice saying, uh, back to, uh, welcome back to the basement surge. You know, and and I distorted it a little bit. I made it deeper and, you know, kind of like announcer-ish, you know, during uh, the theme. And uh, and it worked out for a time. But, um, you know, but then I found an, uh, a service from London that, uh, that offers uh, professional voiceover work. And okay. uh, so then I basically wrote out what I wanted them to say. And they sent it back to me like a radio jingle, which is what the theme is today. And, and I mixed everything up. I put everything together. I edited it, you know, and, uh, and it, it came out great. And I will probably never change it. <laughs> well, when you've got a good voiceover artist to do it, then you won't do, will you, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think what I've tried to do since the beginning with the Basement Surge is I've tried to make the show sound as professional and bigger than what we actually are, you know. So it yep. so we give off the more professional vibe, like hey, you know, these guys know what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> you know? well, Stephanie got that that feel to it that um, it's not slick in any way but it has that sort of feel to it where it's it's organized like you said you can go to it it's almost like a good magazine show for instance where you'll have the introduction you'll have the to the topic itself discuss that or the many topics mm -hmm. and then you have the end chat that then leads into the outro and that's right. just you know that is really well produced and you can hear it in the sound as well it's got a good mix to it it's it's well edited as well because I'm, I'm guessing there's some editing involved every now and again as well to probably every, clean every episode breaks up yep. every episode because no matter what you will always almost always have gaps if you're just chatting normally 
without, I mean, I'm guessing that Frank used to probably just react normally and didn't do much research. It sounds like he's just responding on the spot. So then you'll have a lot of gaps between things while he's thinking of what to say or or while either of you are thinking of how to respond to, because I'm guessing that occasionally Frank would say something and then you'll be a few seconds thinking, now how do I react to what he's just said? But those bits (laughs) are clipped out, those gaps, so that you've not got so much pause. Yeah, that that happens. That does happen on Surge, but that happens with like other guests that I have on the show. Uh, because, and, and I want to say maybe it happened maybe once or twice with me and Frank, but Frank is very like on the spot. Like he, like if you tell, if you prompt him, if you set him up to say something or the, to joke about something, he's right there. Like there is no awkwardness. So it's like he and I would just feed off each other. And, and it was great because, you know, it was, there was no, there was really no editing in the sense where you have to take out the, the awkward silences and the ums and all that because it's just once Frank gets started, like there's no stopping it. <laughs> like the uh, like the toy that you pull the cord on and the and it just carries on like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, just like that. <laughs> exactly. So and and then the logo as well is very bright and it. It too tell with, without explaining. It does actually tell you what to expect in a way. It's it's a strange thing about a logo that, it, <laughs> that things do that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, I uh, I designed that logo, and uh, and I created it from scratch. There were many many iterations of it before we started. Uh, things that I wanted to change. Things that I thought really, I. The first model of the logo, I had a goat on it, you know, and I was like, all right, well, you know, let's get rid of the goat. This just needs to be like a title or something for the show. And and I wanted it to be bright. I wanted it to be in your face. I wanted it to be uh, ex- excitable, you know, because um, and I kept with the theme of the green, the green, blacks and the reds and uh you know, which is basically the color of Surge, the soda. It's green, you know. So uh, that's where that came from. So um, that, yeah, I mean, the logo, I think, just went under another iteration because I'm currently on the rebrand. Um, so I updated it a little bit. I modernized it a little bit. I took away the microphone because there used to be a microphone in the logo. Yeah. And, uh, and I took that out because... I, I feel that the basement surge is more than just a podcast. You know, we, we do so much more. We do vodcasting. We have a YouTube channel. We do live streaming. We do gaming. You know, so it, and we do fundraisers. We work with the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. So, you know, th- there's just a whole bunch of different things than just podcasting that the basement surge does. Well, I, I don't know if this means anything, but I'll, I'll thank you on behalf of the people that, you know, you're bringing you, that you're doing that for the charity that you're doing because that's an incredible thing that you're doing there. Um, yeah. Are there any standout episodes that you've that you've made that you, that you know come to mind where you think, wow, that was very really special? We did a 12-hour live stream one time for wow. uh, DC Comics was running a live stream of their own on social media uh, called DC Fandom. The first one that they had yeah. ever come out with, and um, 
And I decided, all right, I'm going to make a big deal about this because, you know, we love comics. I'm going to make a big deal about this. And for the next three weeks, I'm going to promote the hell out of the show. And I'm going to say, join the Basement Surge live for DC Fandom come this time, you know. And, um, and I built it up for three weeks. And it was awesome because we went live just before the show started. And we stayed live during the whole entire show. And, uh, and it, it was the longest live stream I had ever done. It was the longest uh, production I've ever done. Because not only was I managing multiple guests that were coming on the show live on StreamYard, uh, but I was also managing the stream as far as DC Fandom because I was uh, simulcasting the actual convention on my show. So, which is not wow. advised. <laughs> so, I got a copyright strike for that one. <laughs> I did. I did wonder because you know DC, Marvel, well, Marvel even more so, but. Yeah, you go into those areas. It's like with music. If you use Beatles music or, or James Brown music or Prince, they're they're on you like a yeah. No one's yep. yeah yeah really. So uh, their takes on but when you um, you know got going into something completely different now and just general chit chat. Sure. Um, you, you were speaking earlier on about the the James Gunn situation with DC. Mm. And I, I will say that when he was made, I was a bit not too sure about the situation with him with with the DC films. Yeah. But we watched the the new Guardians of the Galaxy film last week, number three. Okay. I mean, have, have you seen it yet? No, no, I haven't seen it. I don't think I could touch this then. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that I I watched the film and. As someone who is a lover of comics, I read read comics when I, when I was a kid, and I have, mm. I still have them. I've got they're in storage. I haven't got enough room in this house for all the comics I've got. Um, I think there's a lot of people like that. And so, uh, I watched the film last week, and I've got a bit a bit questionable about the Marvel films recently, where I th- I think there's almost like a set pattern to the films now where you can almost predict that this will happen here then you'll get this 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 and this and it's like a set yeah uh, you know a thing that they'll follow you you'll do this do this do this and then you get the big fight at the end and then a resolution with some message or something's happened at the end and you think and they've i, I think they've got a bit tired with it in a, in a sense but I found with the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 that I watched last week, I was surprised because I was getting a bit tired of, of that. I thought Quantumania was not not a good film, really, for the most part. Mm. Um, um, I actually think that Shang-Chi was probably the most interesting of all the films that they've put out recently, from my own I like point that of one. view. Uh, Shang-Chi but, was good. Yeah, but, Sha- but, but Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I was surprised by... Um, and after watching that, I thought I've got a little bit more faith in James Gunn in a sense because there's more emotion in that film than I was expecting. Right. Okay. Uh, I just re- I just did an episode which uh, 
with the two guys from Dad and Rock. Okay, and uh, yes. Sean, Sean from Dad and Rock says, which I agree with him. He said that uh, he thinks that the the world is over the superhero movie genre. Like I think, like it's been done. It's overdone. You know, like they need to reinvent it somehow and try to bring it back. Um, because I had recently done an episode with uh, with these two guys from Dad and Rock where uh, we sp- we spoke about the DC universe and the Marvel universes and where the mu- the, where the movies are going. And um, you know, as, as far as James Gunn is concerned, I uh, I don't particularly like him very much. I have I have personally okay. I have a problem uh, with DC bringing over Marvel. Uh, executives to work on DC properties. Okay. Because there are two different universes, two different looks, two different writing styles that that it's just, you know, uh, what had happened with Superman returns with uh, Brandon Routh. And uh, you know, they brought over uh, Brian Singer and the direct, and then they they had Cyclops and he brought over Cyclops to, to the movie. You know, and uh, and I was like, well, it feels more like a Marvel movie than it does a DC movie. And and I'm afraid that that's what James Gunn is going to do to the universe. You know, I feel like he's going to put his Marvel stamp on it. And uh, and it's going to be too cartoony, kind of too, too, too mutant ish, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. I think the film studio, uh, I think Warner Brothers, um, it's it's almost as though Warner Brothers have seen what's gone on, what's happened with the Marvel thing with with Disney, and they've yeah. thought to themselves, "Oh, we want a piece of that with what we own with DC." Right. And in a sense, it's like the film, the people who own the film, who own who are in charge of all the films, the Warner Brothers. It's like they don't understand the intrinsic, the differences between the two. Like you said, they are completely different. When I was a kid yeah. reading Batman, I wasn't expecting Batman to be like the Spider-Man or the right. X-Men comics that I was reading as a kid. I never expected them to be that similar to each other at all because DC had their sort of more um serious side to it in a sense um whereas marvel had a bit more of a jokey thing going going with it back then and 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 as a comic book lover i could see that even as a kid that they were different completely i'd be in a spider-man mood or be in a batman mood the two do not work together in a sense right yeah but sometimes film executives and corporate executives don't realize that there is that difference and they're trying to get a piece of this pie by using something that shouldn't mutate that way. Right. Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, I, I can probably put any amount of money down and say that the guys who are running the movie studios aren't true comic book fans. Like they're not following the books. They don't know anything about the histories of the books. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's it's hard because you, you have to have a comic book nerd uh, who makes these movies. And I don't think that's what we have. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I haven't seen the film yet. Uh, I've not seen the film Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. But the, the Valiant comics that I've read, um, that's completely different 
because there's a certain when I've read the Valiant comics, there's a, there's a there's almost a realism to the to the violence that's in those comics, yeah. and fr from the advertisements and the the trailers that I've seen of the Bloodshot film with Vin Diesel in, it's almost like they're trying to go for that Marvel sort of feel as well with it, and they're missing that, yeah, almost like fifteen plus age look that Valiant comics have, and the all these different people who own these properties, they are trying to make them feel like Marvel films when, like I said, they don't know what they've actually got there. Right. Yeah. I get, they're trying to just copy Marvel's uh, business model, I think, you know, and, uh, but uh, yeah, DC's had some great success within the uh, animated movies. Like their, their cartoon movies are fantastic. I love them. But as far as their cinematic universe, it's just it's it's slacking because they keep putting the wrong people in charge. Yeah. But uh, what other subjects have we got at the moment? I, I was hoping that people would send in some, you know, oh, have a talk about this, have a talk about that. Um, well, let me ask so, you a question. Oh, go on, man. <laughs> uh, what was what's your take on the king's coronation? Were you celebrating or? I, I was I was in bed asleep between shifts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. But I got right. I got woken up by my other half who was watching it and telling me all about it. But um, it's it's difficult. It's a um, you know I was talking with people about it. Even people in this country question you know the whole the whole thing with monarchy. It's a big subject at the moment with the monarchy and should there really be a monarchy and these sort yeah. of things and I was explaining to somebody that as much as I'm not a royalist in any in any way shape or form as a, as a Brit um, I said you've got you've got to understand that all these years of all of that even if they get paid that it's, it's weird because if we lost that monarchy, then you'd lose all of you'd de destabilize all of the other things that you get of it. So you've got the Tower of London that's that's linked to the monarchy. You've got all these state, you've got all these houses and castles and these places all over the country, which are traps for for tourism, essentially. Right. And they make a hell of a lot of money from that tourism that comes as a part of the royalty. And I said, so if you lost the royalty, you'd possibly lose all of that tourism as well that comes of it. Because yeah. I said, I said it's amazing how you'll talk. I'll talk to people from other countries, and they don't realise that there's anywhere else. Some people don't realise that there's anywhere else other than London or the surrounding London area. In England, they'll just think, well, London. I don't know anywhere else, or they'll think Nottingham must be a few few hours, must be an hour away or so from from London at the most. Not realise that it's actually further away. They'll have these little. It's like people will think, oh, America. Some people might just think, well, New York, California, L.A., this, that, right. and the other, and not know the whole thing. It's it's weird. So I said, like I said, you know, if you if you lost that, you'd lose all of the tourism and all of the, the billions of pounds that that makes. Um, but 
I mean, it's not going to be... I don't think it will be the last coronation that we see in our lifetime. That's that's for sure. Hmm. I, I think we'll see William being coronated in the next, I don't know, 20 years at least. Yeah, that could be exciting. So we can, we can argue about it then as well. <laughs> but he's more popular he's more popular with the people anyway yeah yeah i mean i mean if we're getting, if we're getting really really into the weeds with this um i question the whole thing of i mean they've changed it now where essentially uh people were chosen for people to get married to in a way or they were very choosy yeah. And so they had they had a relationship way back when, when there were young adults or, you know, older teenagers or whatever Charles and Camilla did, mm-hmm. if, if you look into the history of it all. Right. And then it was not allowed by the people that were, you know, saying to them, oh, you can't you can't be in a relationship with them because that person is not this. And luckily recently they've got rid of that which is why you have you know you've got harry married to megan and you've got Will, william married to to, to kate but mm. you know um if there wasn't that back then because we had that problem with the pre- the king that was you know he had to abdicate because he got married to to somebody that wasn't right in the eyes of those that were in charge right. if he didn't have all of that stupidity there none of this would be here. You wouldn't have these arguments of, oh, I don't like Charles because this, this, is and this. Right. If they were not pushed on him, that he couldn't be together. None of that business with Diana, etc., would have happened because that relationship would never have been forced, in a right. sense, to start with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But it's, it's years and years of, you know, pomp and tradition and... right. We just have we just have to put up with these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ridiculous voting system, I suppose, that we have in the in countries as well. How they work, who knows? Yeah, I agree. I don't think we're actually voting for anything, but that's another episode. <laughs> I, th- I think whoever you vote for, you're going to get the same outcome anyway. A lot of the time, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the hmm. we're going into politics there, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so, what else you got? <laughs> I, I was going to say the problem with politics is that over the years it changed so that the people in charge are rich and they will always try and manoeuvre political, you know, decisions around what will make them richer, in a sense. Right. I totally agree. That's why you've still got gun control the way that it is, because they make a hell of a lot of money from that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll just shout out that there was a really good video of Jon Stewart going around about that. that I've, I've seen a few times recently where he questioned somebody from the government about... Oh, really? Have you seen this where he questioned them about them going on about, uh, what was it, uh, transsexuals and people dressing up you know, in drag, basically in schools, and no, they were that. trying to outlaw. They they were outlawing that, and and then John Stewart basically said to him, "So 
you think that's bad for kids? And he said, uh, and then the politician said, well, yes, I do. I do think we ought to outlaw that because it's, it's not right for kids to do that. Eventually, they'll make their own decisions, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And then John Stewart said, so he says, you think it's wrong to do that, but you don't think it's wrong what you're doing with gun control for the kids. And he said that that is basically, a, that's basically hypocrisy in its in its fullest way this is what john stewart was saying where you don't think there's a problem with guns and schools but you think mm. there's a problem with someone being dressed up in a dress pretending right. to be a woman going yeah. into a school and yeah. it just jumped at me and i thought well done to john stewart really with that yeah <laughs> but um so what advice would you give to people starting their own podcast? <laughs> uh, don't do it. No, um, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know how many times people say that as a joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do as much research as you possibly can. Yeah, do as much research, buy the right equipment. Yes, there. You, it is going to cost money. It's going to cost you a pretty penny. Um you know, especially if you want your show to sound right and and do well as far as uh, building your audience. And because when it comes to building an audience, nobody is going to want to listen to uh, uh, a crappy sounding podcast, you know, uh, and make sure you have uh, an interesting topic. Make sure make sure you uh, you're interesting and people like listening to you, that you have a good voice. That's all, you know. Just keep it simple. It's going to cost money and make sure you talk about interesting stuff. I'm going to add to that. Uh, that another good thing is if you, uh, well, you will have social social media because you've got to promote these things as well. Otherwise, you don't get anybody yeah. listening. Um, and a good thing about social media is when you're on there, uh, it's surprising. And I've said this numerous times. Make friends with other podcasters. Oh yeah. Because the weird thing in there the weird thing in there is you'll think coming into it fresh and not knowing how it works, you'll think that it's like most other corporate, you know, or most other media or anything, where it'll be, oh, I'm not going to talk to them because they're competition. But no, no. in independent podcasting, there doesn't seem seem to be that even if you know because i'm friends with other people who make podcasts about podcasting and we chat a lot so i'll chat with ariel nissenblatt i'll who does you know feedback with earbuds and shows like that and we chat a lot and i chat with a lot of these people and that's the the difference between in podcasting is where you can make friends like that and they are really good advisors and people that will back you up as well and they will they are there if you need them. It's it's the strangest thing, really, to be honest, on that and get feedback from people who are doing essentially similar things to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because, you, you know, I've noticed that Twitter has an amazing uh, independent podcast community. You know, they're, they're very supportive over on Twitter. And... Uh, 
So make make sure you create a Twitter account. Yeah, and Instagram has a good good one as well. I don't know what what your, you know, uh, yeah, what your your Instagram's like. That's that seems to be a good social network as well. I don't think Facebook works very well for for, for podcast. I don't know. Facebook is good to drive your audience to once they are once they're following you, once they listen to your show. Hey, you you know, it's like, hey, you want to follow more more of us, you know, you want to listen to more episodes, head on over to our Facebook uh, page. Okay. Now, following what you said earlier on, I almost feel stupid saying this. What podcast do you listen to? <laughs> Uh, like I said, you know, I'm, uh, I'm listening to my friend shows. I listen to, uh, dads worldwide. I listen to dad in rock. Uh, I used to listen to Jeff needs help, but, uh, Jeff hunt, he retired from yeah. podcasting. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm not so much, uh, listening to that nowadays, but, um, you know, look, man, other than that, it's like, like I said, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm going to go on on record now and say if Stu from Stu World Order is listening, you, you need to contact um, John and get him on your show to talk about, you know, a comic book movie because Stu does a show where they talk about a different comic book movie each episode. Awesome! And, uh, yeah, set so, it up. I'll do it. Let's go. Yep, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm on. I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing, but I've been on before and we ended up because you have to pick three numbers. Okay, and then he will tell you what those numbers uh, equal, basically. You know, because he's got a number for each each film or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, and then and then he'll tell you what those three numbers are equal yeah. film wise, and then you have to pick which film out of those that you watch. And I ended up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. That's a good uh, movie. T- uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, that that one where they go back into time recording with him next week another episode about another uh shall we say not giving anything away but it's supposed to be a questionable quality film again because i've picked three questionable films again (laughs) i never get a good pick (laughs) (laughs) but um so where can people find you and get hold of you then john Sure. Uh, you can find me on all the socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it's all at Basement Surge. It's all the same. So go check that out. Um, if you want to stay up to date with what's actually coming out of the basement, uh, you can follow me over on Facebook.com forward slash Basement Surge. So Facebook would be best. Okay. All right. Thank you for speaking with me today, John. So thank you for having me on. This was great. <laughs> despite the signal problems. Anyway, you can find Pods Like Us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok just by looking up at Pods Like Us. And we're available through Pods Like Us at gmail.com. I'm going to send you that so you can send me the files. Um, And we're also on Patreon if you want to go over there and get some extra bonus, you know, out of, episode chit chat and some extra episodes as well um but anyway thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of pods like us
Thank you.